This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. Of course, I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, along with my guy, Cordell Woodland. Thank you so much for joining us with Odyssey. Obviously, this is about all Ravens everything. So this is for yes. specifically for you flockers. Um, first thing, Cordell, I want to talk about is the fact that Justin Tucker got a new four-year extension. Congratulations to him. He is now the top kicker uh, in the National Football League. However, while that's great news, there's one guy that is still not received his big payday, and that is quarterback Lamar Jackson. Obviously, when you and I were at the castle not long ago, he mentioned that he was positive about how everything was going, but that there is a cutoff date in terms of negotiations. So I want to know how you feel, Cordell, about a deal actually getting done for whenever the time period is that Lamar and or the Ravens have decided to to you know put a line in the sand for. Well, I, I think that a deal will eventually get done. When is the key question? You know, uh Lamar sounded more optimistic than I would say ever uh that the deal would potentially get done before the season starts. Now, you know, we go the first preseason game is this week. Um the season is what start September 11th, that's about a month away. So it's a decent amount of time for a deal to get done. Um, and Lamar said there will be a cutoff time, which I'm not surprised about. This is a guy who's a starting quarterback for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations and he has no agent. So he's not going to go into the regular season wanting to still nego- be negotiating a contract at that point. With all that said, um, I'm just I'm at the point now where I have to see it to believe it in terms of Lamar and the Ravens getting the deal done before the season starts. It's just been so much back and forth to this point. And I think that there that the hiccup with this deal is the guaranteed money. How much guaranteed money does Lamar want to get? I don't believe he's looking for the Deshaun Watson type deal, because I think that is such an anomaly. And in the grand scheme of things, it's a bad deal for the Browns with all things considering what's going on with Watson and just they have completely reset the quarterback market with that deal. Um, So I don't think that's a situation that we're going to see in in this type of deal with Lamar and the Ravens. Uh, But I do think Lamar wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. Um, I do think that he wants a decent amount of his contract to be guaranteed. 
and and I and I, I think the good part here is that both sides want each other. That's usually kind of the hiccup is that we have a player or the team wants to separate themselves from the other. But here, both sides, I think, truly do want to be with each other, which is good. But it's got to get done at some point. Yeah, Justin Tucker getting this deal done um, on Monday is was served as a good thing. But it's easier to get Tucker's deal done than it is Lamar, albeit because he's a kicker and he has an agent. Um, and he, he's not going to require the same amount of money that Lamar is looking for. But I am optimistic that a deal will get done just – not so sure that it will happen before September 11th. Yeah, and I think that that is the biggest thing, Cordell. I do think that it is because of the guaranteed money. Now, the streets told me, because y'all know sometimes the streets talk to me a little bit. The streets yeah. told me that he um, was offered a similar deal to Kyler Murray. Now, we, if I'm Lamar, I'm not taking the Kyler Murray deal because I believe that right. I'm probably better than Kyler Murray, right? Mm -hmm. So if I had to guess, um, he wants not a Deshaun Watson deal, um, because like you said, Deshaun Watson is an anomaly in the sense of the Cleveland Browns are a desperate franchise looking for a quarterback to, um, you know, propel them um, and, and a consistency of playoff mm -hmm. appearances. And they had to take the risk of having a guy like Deshaun Watson with all his legal issues currently and potential suspension issues. They had to do what they had to do because he had them listed on his no trade clause. Right. Um, so they he, they had the sweetened deal. I don't consider Deshaun Watson what the market will be moving forward because we've already seen guys getting fully guaranteed contracts like uh, Minnesota's quarterback. He's already done that. Um, so I think Lamar probably does want a good amount of guaranteed. And, you know, when you look at the Kyler Murray contract, 160 is probably not enough in terms of what he wants guaranteed. I don't think he wants a fully guaranteed contract, but I'm not mad at him wanting to make sure his future is set. I do think for both sides, it makes more sense for him to get this done because number one, you deserve to get paid more than $23, 24000000 million this season. You deserve more money. Let's start mm -hmm. there. And for the Ravens, you deserve to have more cap space so then you can bring in guys, you know, if there's a potential in injury situation, if there's a potential trade situation. So it makes sense for both sides to get this done. I just do think that the issue that's holding everything up right now is the guaranteed money. And, and like you said, week one is about a month away, so you do have time, but you do wonder how long this is going to, you know, hold over because Lamar said that nearly two weeks ago that he was right. highly something was going to get right. done. And yet we still have no news about his contract. Yeah. I mean, and you know, we were both at that Lamar presser, you know, the unique thing about that presser that if you are a Ravens fan, which, which would have given you optimism about this deal getting done is number one, Steve Bashadi was there. He's never there. He's standing the over and he's got a smile on his face. He's listening. Uh, Eric DaCosta's kind of right behind uh, yep. the scrum, so to speak. So, you know, it, he's he's there. It, everybody's smiling. Lamar was in uh, high spares. Lamar was more forthgoing about his contract than he's been in the past. So there is reason for optimism. But like you said, that was two weeks ago. And like you said, you heard stuff from the streets like 
you know, I, I depending on who you talk to, some people will tell you that a deal could be done any day now. And I think that could be kind of evergreen, right? Because I, at this point, they've been negotiating for well over a year. So yep. we are in the point to where a deal could potentially be done at any point. I'm not disagreeing with that, but it's just like, it's just been so much back and forth with the team. And they have come a long way from where it was a point where Lamar was saying when anytime you ask him about his contract situation, it's like, oh, we'll get to it. Or, oh, that's not really on my mind right now. And also when you ask the team, they're saying, you know, we're, we're working at Lamar's pace. When Lamar's ready to talk, we'll be ready to talk. And it's like, is he even answering the phone for you at times? So they are at a better spot today than they were, say, a year ago. Um, or even a couple of months ago. Where, yeah, where, yeah, even a couple months ago. Exactly. OTAs. We had no mm -hmm. idea if Lamar was going to show up at OTAs. And, and, you know, there were rumors in, in terms of, like, him not going to the, involuntar the voluntary ones. Mm -hmm as some type of uh, protest but but obviously he showed up at the um uh involuntary was the mandatory ones and so right. that kind of eased the you know rumors aside of why he didn't show up at the voluntary ones but yeah i agree with you like hey y'all what are y'all doing <laughs> yeah at this at this point i mean i i and a part of me wonders I mean, I, I was kind of surprised to hear Lamar say he wants to get a deal done before the year starts um, because I don't I, I mean, I guess right now what helped was him not showing up to OTA because right. I was out there and I know if I could notice it, then Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh and Steve Bashadi could notice that the offense was totally different when number eight wasn't on the field. I mean, what they have behind him is a night and day difference from what they get based on when he's there. So I think that little scare kind of let them know, OK, you know, we can't just plug and play. Even a Tyler Huntley, who has a similar skill set, cannot be Lamar Jackson. Thank you. We saw that last that. season. Let's stop that. Let's stop. Yeah. Because I a lot of chatter um, on social media being discussed like, well, just trade Lamar, get a whole lot of picks and let Tyler Huntley run the show. Hey guys, Tyler Huntley won one game as a starter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's it, not the game Lamar. that he came in for Lamar in the Browns game. He didn't win that one either. Yes. Yes. Were they close? Were some of them close? Sure. But I believe Cordell that they went about nine quarters without an offensive touchdown during mm -hmm. the stretch that Tyler Huntley, uh, started quarterback. So I don't want to hear that. Okay. Lamar Jackson, is the guy that runs this offense. It is designed specifically for him. He has a specific skill set from a passing uh, side of it, from a running side of it. He sees the field differently. It literally is something that cannot be, it couldn't be tuned in. It could be fine-tuned, but it can't be taught. This is a mm -hmm. natural talent that everybody does not possess. So let's no. stop acting like he can be replaceable. He's not, he's not replaceable guys. Okay. And, now and the Ravens are in, they're in a weird, they're in a great situation where they actually have a franchise quarterback. You know how exactly. many teams around the league wish and pray to not only just have a Lamar Jackson because Lamar himself is a rarity talent wise and his skill set and what he brings is something that no other quarterback is able to do um 
we're talking about a guy that rushes for a thousand yards when he plays a whole season and still, you know, is one of the more efficient passers in the league. Is he the most accurate? I'm not going to say he's the most accurate. Nobody's perfect. He has areas of in, his, uh, in his game that he needs to work on and that I think he has worked on after watching him in training camp to this point. I think he has worked on it, um, but he's nobody's perfect. But I think when you look around the league, there are so many teams that are foaming at the mouth to not only get a Lamar Jackson, but to just draft a, a young quarterback that they can actually see themselves with for years to come that makes them a contender. I mean, it's it's at least 10 teams in the league that need a franchise quarterback. I'm not saying that they don't have a quarterback, but when you're talking about a franchise quarterback, a young quarterback that's in the prime of his career right now that you drafted, like that's not something to be taken lightly. And we've seen teams who have had these type of quarterbacks and kind of fumble the bag, so to speak. Uh, there's a team on the other side of the beltway that had, I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is anything great, but you talked about Kirk Cousins going to get in his guaranteed deal. He bet on yeah. himself. That turned out to be a situation where the team kind of dragged it along for years and ended up giving this guy two franchise tags and overpaying him in, in, in the process of trying to be cheap. You can't be cheap when it comes to this position. It's not Thanks. a cheap position. You got to pay to play. So I think the Ravens need to learn from teams like Washington and other teams around the league that have had quarterbacks that they are reluctant to pay and should have probably should have paid. And in the, in the, and in the process of trying to be cheap, they ended up spending more money than they really wanted to. And for the quarterback to leave and you get nothing, and credit to Kirk Cousins, he bet on himself. He may be a, a subpar quarterback, but the dude knows how to work a contract. This dude and is getting a subpar quarterback. I just think that Kirk Cousins getting a fully guaranteed contract is a little out of. Reach. I mean, he yeah, he was definitely overpaid. Definitely, yeah. I, look, I, I think Kirk is better than the rep he gets, but definitely overpaid. That doesn't help his cause. <laughs> so basically, the point we're saying, guys, is that Lamar is worth whatever he is betting on himself for. He's worth it. OK, he's worth whatever it is that he believes. Obviously, it, it's all about the terms in which he gets up front. But some things are just it, it has to happen. And Lamar mm -hmm. being signed long term has to happen for so many different reasons. He's perfect for the city. He, kids love him. You you oh, see it. Oh, kids just block. To him and when he you know when he acknowledges and goes over to the kids they just they love him so much and he embraces the city so mm -hmm. much and so it, it would be devastating if they did not find a way to keep Lamar here and obviously they can tag him for two years and, and and drag this whole thing out but let's get this over and done with that young man needs to be paid a whole lot of money you need to go on and pay him you're worth 3.4 billion dollars they got it. Oh, it's, it's, it's no question they got it. I'll say this as far as a, a guesstimate on where I think Lamar falls, because I don't I, while I think he should be the highest paid quarterback in the league. I'm kind of reluctant to believe that that'll be the case, especially if the deal gets done before the season. I think Lamar, when it's said and done, will end up as probably the second highest paid quarterback in the league behind Aaron Rodgers. A APY, you know, uh, wise as far as yearly salary. I think Aaron Rodgers gets 50.3 million a year. I could see Lamar getting like 50 or 50.1 or something like that. But I still think Aaron Rodgers, when it's all said and done, is still going to be the highest paid quarterback. 
Hey, and, and it is what it is. But Lamar just wants to be in the number. And I don't, I'm not even mad at that. Get not at all. Young Lamar, get paid. <laughs> That's where I'm going to go with this. Right. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before we get into our next topic, remember to subscribe to Winning Drive wherever you yes. listen to your podcast. All right, Cordell, I know you wanted to have a conversation about the wide receivers of this group. I'm going to let you drive this topic. I'll tell you how I feel depending on what it is that you want to know from me. Yeah. I have different thoughts all over the place regarding this uh, very small wide receiver group. And I'm not talking about in size in terms of the players. I'm talking about in size in terms of how many we have currently on the roster. And really how many we can trust. I right. think that's what it boils down to because there's not many here that have any, you know, any real experience to this point. Rashad Bateman got in last year. Uh, I think he missed the first five games of the season. Um, and then he was able to get it. And really, I thought Rashad Bateman was really good last year. I thought he could have been better, to be honest, had he gotten a couple more targets. Um, but you look at this receiving core now, obviously Marquise Brown going to Arizona on draft night was kind of a big shock. Um, yeah. And then when you hear the backstory of how that went on, you're not really shocked anymore. He's not, he was never really happy in this Greg Roman offense. And, um, and it's not a wide receiver friendly offense. I mean, you're asked to do a lot of run blocking and even in passing situations, the ball is probably going to Mark Andrews. Now, Hollywood Brown okay. was one of the most, most targeted. Uh, receivers. To be fair, he yeah. had a thousand yards and he probably would have had more had Lamar oh. played for the last five yeah. games and had he not dropped a couple balls in Detroit, but go on. No question. No question. <laughs> and, and, and in Denver, I mean, a lot of Marquise's Brown's issues were self-inflicted. Just Absolutely. like you said, the drop passes. Um, he's reluctant to get any kind of yak yards. He catches the ball and goes straight down or runs out of bounds. I mean, a lot of it is on him, no doubt about it. Um, but he's just not a I, I think he I will say I believe he fits the Cardinals more. Sort of that I that spread offense, that air raid offense. He's back with his college quarterback. You know, I, I can understand why he would want to be out there 
a little more. That said, I think that this is a wide receiver group that if they do take a step back, I'm not going to say it's because Marquise Brown isn't here because I think Rashad Bateman is better than Marquise Brown. I think it's a great opportunity for James Prochet to finally get on the field because I've been waiting for him to finally play for the last couple of years. And it's like they have found every reason in the book to not play him. Sammy Watkins was being activated over him last year. And Sammy Watkins had checked out basically after the Miami game. So, you, you know, I don't, I don't, Miami game. <laughs> right. Or during the Miami game, we remember the deep ball that he kind of just didn't even lay out for, right. which could have been a touchdown, Did you know? Try. So I, I think that this rate looking at this year, definitely a lot of question marks around in this receiving group. Like I said, it's, it's not a lot of experience there. Um, and we're all kind of waiting to see. I mean, it's great that they have Mark Andrews, no doubt about it, coming off of his all-pro year. He's probably possibly the best tight end in football, albeit there's a group of great tight ends in the league right now where I wouldn't be upset if you called Travis Kelsey number one, you know, either. Um, He's not but I mean, hey, Mark Andrews is a stud. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not <laughs> knocking that at all. He was one of across the board and, and yeah. look this is no disrespect to Travis Kelsey maybe from a career standpoint Travis Kelsey overall is the better player but I'm telling you in 2021 he was not yeah. and that's okay no. right it, it, it is Mark Andrews was the guy last year no yep. doubt about it. he catches everything um and I think having him there lightens the load a little bit for this receiving group. Now, if we were talking about a passing offense that heavily relied on the receivers I'm not gonna lie I'd be a little concerned I'd be a little concerned going into this season, but considering they have Mark Andrews there, considering they have Isaiah Likely, who's a rookie tight end, who I expect to be heavily involved in this offense this year, it gives me a little more optimism of about this wide receiver core because Rashad Bateman is the new number one, and really in this offense, he's the number two behind Mark Andrews, yeah. um, and I think that'll be great for him. Uh, James Prochet, I think James Prochet is in line for a really good season this year. Now, I'm not going to say he's going to be up there statistically with a lot of the other receivers around the league, but for his impact on this Ravens offense, I think James Prochet is going to be a stud. He catches everything. He is, he's an incredibly good route runner, um, yes, intermediate to short routes. I think he's going to be open and he's going to catch the ball if it's thrown to him. Uh, outside of that, I'm a little worried. I can't lie. I'm a little worried. Devin DuVernay, I, I, I like DuVernay, especially as a returner. He's an all-pro returner. We know what he can do there. But we haven't seen a lot of him as a receiver. He's been out there, and he's made some plays. He's made some great catches for touchdowns, especially last season. Um, but I don't know about him being a full-time receiver. I got to see it more. I, wanna see, I don't think he's the route runner that Bateman and Prochet uh, are. I don't know if he has the consistent hands that those two have. He's He has the speed. He has the breakaway speed. Um, but can he get open? Can he make the tough catches? That's what I want to see from DuVernay. Um, and, and, and as far as the guys behind him, I mean, it's a crapshoot. Tyler... Yeah. yeah, Tyler Wallace. I mean, honestly, he hasn't shown me anything in camp to this point. I, I'm I'm kind of down on Tyler Wallace right now to the point. So I, I think he's fighting for a roster spot, to be honest with you. Wow. At this point. I really wouldn't be surprised if we get to the end of training camp and preseason and Tyler Wallace doesn't make the 53-man roster. It really wouldn't shock me. Um, I need to see him flash a little bit more, and I think so does the team. Uh, but outside of that, Prochet, Bateman, 
I'm not worried about Duvernay. I'm not super worried about, but I have my hesitations with him. What about you? My concern um, is the fact that there's not enough depth. Now, I know that there's some undrafted guys that they've brought in that have um, made some noise in camp, and I'm sure you can um, attest to that. Um, I like I like uh, Bo. I like the uh, Slade. I, I like yeah. yeah I, essentially, he could do. He kind of reminds me of um, Mike Campanero in a yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, and remember how the fan base was kind of like they people was like on Mike Campanero, even though you know, because you know he he had the potential. And yeah. so I see that in him. Uh, not really sure, but my 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 biggest concern is the depth. Um, if somebody gets hurt, what is going to happen? Mm-hmm. And and we really don't want it to be a guy like Bateman that gets hurt because he's your number one guy. So mm-hmm. if he goes down, who's the number one guy? Because we don't even know who the number two guy is. Let's start there. So mm-hmm. what are the Ravens willing to do in a situation where a player gets injured? Because, you know, I, I, it's the inevitable. It's the NFL. It's a very mm-hmm. harsh season to their bodies. You know, someone is not going to be able to play 17 games. So what is the backup plan here? Do you guys still look at the market? Are you waiting for training camp to end for guys to get cut to bring mm-hmm. else in? Or is Will Fuller on your radar? What is the plan? That right. is my biggest concern when it comes to the wide receivers. I know that we like Isaiah Likely as a wide receiver, but he is still listed as a tight end for a reason. So what are we doing here? You know, and that's the biggest question mark that I believe this team has is that the depth is not enough. It's not even the fact that, you know, there's a lot of unproven's because, yes, that's that's true. But it ain't even a whole lot of unproven's. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, we got eight guys and we can kind of pick through these guys. You only got four. So what are we doing here? That's my biggest concern when it comes to the wide receiver situation. And another thing, too, Cordell, this is uh, let me ask you a question. These guys, the young guys, not Bateman, have not had a lot of action when it comes to, you know, being um, an intricate part of the offense. And Mm -hmm. now they're being asked to do that. Preseason is coming. Um, I think many people believe that, hey, let's leave our starters, the guys that we know are, are you know, going to be their day, week one out. But because these wide receivers have not really been an intricate part in the offense previously, do you play these guys in the preseason so they get more snaps? Like, what do you do here? There's so many yeah. different question marks that I, I'm just curious as how they move in terms of the wide receiver position. Yeah, I mean, and I think everything you mentioned right now is all valid. First of all, I'm with you right there on the depth being an issue because if one of these guys goes down, I mean, they're in trouble. I'm a, I am I can comfortably tell you they're in trouble. If Tylen Wallace, especially, God forbid, if it's Bateman, because then it's like, oh, man, now if it's Duvernay, you know, you can kind of, okay, we can slide Wallace in there. You know, because they do plan to use a lot of tight ends. I think that they're the, the the proof is out there that they're moving back towards that 2019 offense where they flood the field with tight ends, uh, especially with the addition of Isaiah Likely, who is this kind of a hybrid type player. It allows them to get him out there and also keep guys out there like Nick Boyle. So they have the option to 
go with right. the heavy, heavy packages for the run, but it'll also set up the play action as well. So that said, um, as far as the question, as far as receivers playing in preseason, I think outside of Bateman and Prochet, all the rest of these guys need to be out there, to be honest with you. And even Prochet to a degree. Now, the first preseason game is Thursday. I don't expect to see Bateman. I don't expect to see Prochet. I don't even expect to see Duvernay because he just got back uh, from his last injury where, that he suffered at the M&T Bank practice um, injuring his thigh. He just got back this past weekend. So I think out of precautionary reasons, we're not going to see Duvernay on Thursday night. Um, that said, Going forward, I would I, I need to see Duvernay out there. I think they need to see Duvernay out there. I also think they we're going to, I mean, after that, Wallace, Bolden, Shamar Bridge, I mean, every wide receiver that's listed on their roster, we're going to see on the field because you have to be able to see something out of these guys in a game situation. Um, like you said, none of these guys, most of these guys have little to no experience as a full-time contributor on the offense right um, and, and and we could even stretch that to Bateman you know who was a starter last year sure but if we're talking about a guy who was a focal point of this offense he really wasn't he, he couldn't really wasn't exactly he, he started the season um on IR so mm-hmm. you know and play you know until later on in the season so it was kind of hard to implement him in, right. in certain things because he didn't even start the season so yeah and then and then when he gets back Lamar's hurt you know right. so Lamar gets hurt not too far after that so he's forced to play with the backup it was just a mess last year so even for Bateman I think you're going to want to because he and Lamar while they've had their moments in training camp to where they're connecting they had times like on uh Monday where they were a little erratic a little bit when they're trying to connect, especially deep down the field, which is where I really want to see Bateman excel because I think he was a great deep ball receiver at Minnesota in college. And we didn't get to see a lot of that from him last year as a rookie. So I I think that they really want to emphasize the the deep ball, the threat of the deep ball at at least this year. And Bateman is going to be a big part of that. Um, So I understand the Ravens wanting to treat everybody with kid gloves. Trust me, I do. After the year they had last year, I don't blame them. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got to see what you have. You got to get these. They're not hitting in practice. You got to put them in the game so that these guys can, you know, get used to this contact and stuff. I mean, I expect to see Isaiah likely out there even Thursday. You know, because Mark Andrews isn't going to play, Nick Boyle right. isn't going to play. You got to put somebody on the field. Right. You know, um, so I am excited to see what some of these guys do, because some of these dudes have flashed quite a bit in camp. But I want to see how it translates to the game. Yeah. And I think that that's something that we'll be paying attention to. Look, as much as we like Isaiah Likely, he is a rookie. He has to Mm -hmm. get his. Um, So unfortunately for him, he's going to have to play these preseason games and and, and figure it out. And it'll be interesting to see who, you know, decides to shine and, and put themselves in a good position to get out of the bubble and into a situation where they make it on the roster. Tyler Wallace not not looking too good or from your end is not it appears that Tyler Wallace gotta play this preseason yeah. because oh Tyler Wallace wrong. will be out there. I, I can I can <laughs> all but guarantee Tyler Wallace will be out there. Uh and I think he knows he needs to be out there because he he's gotta show something. I mean, he had a he had an opportunity last week uh in the back end of the end zone 
to, to really make a good play. I'm not saying it was an easy play or anything like that, but if you're an NFL wide receiver competing for a job right now, you have to make this play. Lamar throws it to him in the back, back corner of the end zone. And again, it's a tough play to make, but if he stretches out, he makes it. And he stretched out, but the ball goes through, through his hands. And, and I'm sitting there like, man, James Prochet makes that catch. I think Prochet would make that catch because he he made it a couple plays prior. And Isaiah likely would make that catch because he literally did a couple plays later from the exact same spot with a yeah. defender hanging all over him. In fact, Isaiah likely did it twice in the same drill with defender where he literally just mossed a defender in the same spot of the end zone. So it was a play that could be made. And I wanted to see Tylen Wallace make it just for his own personal stock. But he, he just hasn't taken advantage of the opportunity. So he's a guy I'm definitely going to have my eye on come Thursday night. Yeah. So, so yeah, Thursday night guys, if you're interested in seeing who's trying to make the team, there's some wide receivers that the Ravens have check out the preseason game. They have to play because they only yeah. got four wide receivers. So, <laughs> right. You know, you, you'll be able to see who uh, potentially stands out in that regard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the Winning Drive podcast feed. Yes. Got to. Because we, we're always going to have some good content. All right. And it'll I be wherever you listen to your podcast, for sure. Wherever you get your podcast, <laughs> you can find us. Spotify. Yeah. Apple Music. Whatever you want to do, we're going to be there. Yeah. Okay. So I know you want to talk some defense, Cordell. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot going on in the defense. We kind of just talked on some of the guys – uh, you know, Isaiah Likely on the one side, Kyle Hamilton, you know, the first pick this year, he's a guy that everybody has their eye on right now. And it's been an up and down camp for him. And, you yep. know, which is, 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 which is expected. He's a rookie and learning. It's very, very normal. You know, he's coming in, learning a new defense. He's, he's asked to do a lot. I think that this is a guy that we're going to see once he finally is fully involved, I think he's going to be one of the more moved around defenders in all of football. He's very first, versatile. Can we, can we dead this? Right. You know, and it was funny how he made jokes about the video that came out um, of him getting burned big time <laughs> uh, in practice. Kyle Hamilton is not going to play that role. Let's, 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 be clear okay he's not that's not what they're going to probably ask him to do much so yeah he's he's not going to be a man-to-man -man exactly. type of guy often exactly. I, don't, I don't think he now I will say he's gotten better at that he and Isaiah likely have been matched up a lot in the drills and Isaiah likely you know pretty much ate his lunch uh quite a few times last <laughs> week you um, on bread. <laughs> oh, he, he didn't even ask. He just took it. He he just took it a couple times. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Isaiah Likely's a beast, though. I, I want to point that out. This isn't a scrub. Isaiah Likely's a beast. Um, but Kyle Hamilton, to his credit, he had a day last week where I thought was easily his worst day of camp. It was the worst I've seen of him since he's put on a Ravens helmet. Um, and and, and what I what I loved about that was ever since then. I truly believe he's gotten better and better 
every day of practice since then to where on Monday he had his best day of camp. He finished it with an interception on Tyler Huntley and returned it about 30 yards uh, down the field before getting tackled. I don't know how much Harbs loved that, but, you know, everybody <laughs> got up. It was all good. But this is a guy who at, at one day last week where he had his worst day, his body language was so poor. It wasn't just that he was getting beat because that happens. A lot of these guys are getting beat. It's, you yeah. know, it's one-on-ones. It's a drill that's really meant for the receiver anyway. Um, but, it was just the fact that his body language was so bad. He looked like he was feeling sorry for himself. And, you know, I think people take for granted the fact that some of these guys, a lot of these guys, especially guys like Kyle Hamilton, who was drafted in the first round, they're coming from situations where they're used to being the best player on the team. Hell, even the best player in their conference or on in the game, you know, and now Kyle Hamilton's here where he's, not even the best player on the defense right now, you know, so it's an adjustment for him. Uh, and I, I, I really uh, liked how I've seen him respond. He's, he's engaged. He's uh yesterday. I mean, uh, on Monday when I seen him, you know, out there, he's talking, he's, that was the most vocal I had seen from him in at playing the safety position. So he's, he, if you're going to be vocal, that means you're confident in what you're seeing. You're, 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 you have more of a feel of, the defensive scheme and you're able to call stuff out. So that's a good sign. Um, I, I think Kyle Hamilton is a guy that we can, that we can expect to see play on Thursday night. You know, while he's a first round pick, he's not a guy that is in a situation right now where it's like, Oh, he's, we know what we have in him or he's comfortable right now. No, he's a rookie. He's out there. Trayvon Walker was the number one pick in the draft right. and he played in the hall of fame game. That's right. Uh, so, you know, he's going to be out there and I, I'm excited to see what he does. I don't know if the Ravens aren't going to show their hand as as far as to show what they complete, how they expect to completely use him. But it'll be good to see him in the game and see because some of these guys are gamers. Not everybody's a practice guy. So you want to see how he responds in the game, because there's certain things that I saw in his college tape that. I think he's been hesitant to show in practice simply because they're not hitting. There's not much contact because right. a lot of what he does is physical. He's a physical right. guy. Um, so I want to see him bring that to the game on Thursday night. I'm, I'm really excited to see him as well as a couple of these rookies, Pepe Williams. Um, he's flashed quite a few times yeah. to me at, at the corner position. Um, Jalen Armour Davis, ta- uh, uh, Travis Jones, defensive tackle in the middle. He's going to be relied on heavily this year, I think, to to be that interior pass rush, specifically on pass rushing situations. So I think he's going to play a lot because we're not going to see Calais Campbell. We're probably not going to see Justin Matabike or Michael Pierce Uh <laughs> Or Brent Urban, now that I think about it. So, I mean, somebody's got to (laughs) play. Somebody's got to play. The Ravens are in a situation where they have a lot of veterans on their team. Uh, So it's going to give the opportunity for all of these young guys to play these preseason games, which I'm excited to see. My concern um, is, and and please tell us because you are um, always um, at the practices, so you, you get to see a little bit more than, you know, meets the eye. My concern is the pass rush. What mm-hmm. are Ravens going to do in the situation of the pass rush? You did mention that they do have veterans. A lot of those guys, you know, are either on the defensive line or they're playing linebacker situations. Tyus Bowser, obviously, is still recuperating from his mm-hmm. injury. 
sustained in week 17. So we don't have him there to help with that. What, that is my biggest concern for this defense. Are you going to pressure the quarterback, particularly um, outside the tackles? Because I do think that you have the guys that can add pressure up the middle, which is great, right? Right. You do want that. But 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 are, are there guys on the outside that can still add to what the guys on the inside can do? And and so far, what have you been able to see? Well, the, I, I'll, I'm going to be honest. The pass rushing has been uh, – how can I put it? it? It hasn't been as consistent as you want it to be. So okay. I, I, what I have noticed that the offensive line, when it comes to the passing situations, they are giving really good pockets to these quarterbacks, really all of them. Now, there have been some pressures here and there from guys like Oway and Houston and uh, even Michael Pierce has gotten some a lot of interior pressure and he's known as a run stopper. That's the thing with this Ravens D line. They've got a bunch of run stoppers. Michael yes. Pierce, Calais Campbell, Justin yes. Matabike, Brent Urban a lot of run-stopping guys. And the Ravens are always one of the best in the league defensively against the run, which you have to. You talk to any defensive coordinator, they'll tell you, you got to stop the run first. Um, but after that, you need to be able to get to the pass. Now, the Ravens have a great secondary, especially once Marcus Peters comes back. I think it'll really complete this secondary. But it doesn't really matter how good your coverage is if – you don't have anybody to get to the quarterback. You'll be able to get a couple of covered sacks, no question. But any quarterback in the league will tear you up if they got five seconds in the pocket to survey <laughs> the field. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think that you, I've been impressed with Owe this year. I think Owe has flashed. He's shown that he has other pass rushing moves. Uh, Justin Houston, who I think was – I don't think Justin Houston got enough credit for how good he was last year. I'm not saying he was great. Uh, the sack total definitely wasn't what you want to see from a guy who's a career, you know, who's made a career of sacking the quarterback. Um, but he was around the quarterback quite a bit. His pressures were there. He just couldn't finish the play, couldn't get to the quarterback yeah. completely. And also um, rotations didn't really right. allow him to play as much right. in, in terms of snaps that maybe, you know, he had previously. So there's that. But, yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, you want to be able to wreak havoc. A lot of these quarterbacks, you want to be able to just move them off their spot and set up, you know, one of your other guys to come in and clean up the play. Um, yep. And I think Justin Houston did a lot of that last year. So I think it's a good thing that he's back. I think it helps Adafi Owe. Uh, and really, when we look at this Ravens pass rush, I think the word that comes to mind is patience because – the pass rush, a lot of the guys who are going to be focal points of this pass rushing group are not here. David Ajabo, their second round pick this year, he's a guy that if he returns this year, it's not going to be until the back end of the season. I don't want that to happen, man. Listen, I, listen, don't force it. Definitely Let don't force it. Young man, heal, get him ready for next year. I am, listen, an Achilles is nothing to play with. And everybody, look, mm -hmm. everybody can't be the running back out uh, at the LA Rams. Everybody can't come back the way right. that he did as, as fast as he did. And so, look, we already have a situation with Tyus and an Achilles, right? And, and I'm not trying to rush that either. Because that literally happened the last game of the season. And that was January. And then what happened to Ajabo was, what, April? So mm -hmm. let that man rest. Let him get healthy. Please don't put that man out there. Definitely I'm, don't rush him. 
do not rush it. I understand that you guys need some pass rush because you do. The Ravens definitely could use as much help as they can from a pass rush perspective. I just don't want it to prematurely bring a guy back who may be at 85%, but really mm -hmm. that's an injury that you want to be 100% and being, you know, completely healthy from. Please don't do it. And, and you also have to remember that just because we see them back on the field does not uh, mean that these guys are back to 100%. I mean, the mental aspect of recovering from the injury is just as important as the physical. You know, uh, they can be physically back to where they want to be, but mentally they have to know that they can plant that leg and everything is okay, or they can still have that burst or, you know, get hit and get back up. You know, it's a lot of yeah. it is mental and Absolutely. being able to have the confidence that you can be your usual self without having to worry about the injury. That said, a little birdie, you know, has kind of told me that Tyus Bowser could be back way quicker than any of us anticipated. Very possible. You know, Shout out to you know. Stone, Cam Akers. Thank you, thank you, Stone. Because I, I look, I knew what he who he played for. I knew what oh, yeah. he was. I had a, a quick brain for because he's not in the flock, so don't right. sue me. Uh, but <laughs> listen, if Tyus comes because he he literally was in a uh, a shoe, Cordell, mm -hmm. very early. Like I remember checking on him and asking, "Hey, how you doing?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm in a shoe." And I was like, "Already." I mean, it, it, it was very what I would consider to be premature. So yeah. I am not surprised that he is potentially ahead of schedule because he has been ahead of schedule literally since this whole process has began. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Tyus Bowser, I mean, and he's been out there. <laughs> he's been out there quite a bit at, at camp uh, and around the people. People don't even notice him. He's been sitting in the stands for, and he's the for those of you watching. Guy. Yeah, That's definitely nice. is. I mean, people out there might not even realize that they've been sitting watching training camp with Tyus Bowser. <laughs> you know, they're just it's just this big strong dude sitting next to me and they didn't even realize it. But yeah, I mean, he if you know, I, I'm not holding my breath on it by any means. But, right. you know, that's definitely something to watch out for. Tyus Bowser bouncing back a little earlier than expected. So I think that that's just the case with this this pass rush right now. It's a lot of wait and see. Now, if we're talking about the guys that they have out there, I think, to be honest with you, I know uh, Mike McDonald's the new defensive coordinator now taking over for Wink Martindale. But I, I would I would say that I think that this defense is going to look a lot like the defenses we saw with Wink. There's going to be a lot of pressure, uh, a, a lot of exotic exotic blitzes. I just like I think it's going to be what I like to call um, controlled aggression, responsible aggression here. You know, I don't think we're going to see a lot of cover zero blitzes, especially in situations oh where you where you have DBs that you just picked up off the street. I don't think we're going to see them running a lot of cover zero blitzes in that instance. Yeah, that 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 can't happen. I think they ultimately cost Wink his job. To be Absolutely. honest with you, I think Wink not being able to to adjust to all the injuries they had last year, I think that ultimately ended up costing him his job. So I think we're going to see a lot of the wrinkles that we saw with Wink, and I think that when they do blitz, they're going to get pressure. P Patrick Queen is a very good blitzer. I think that's the best trait he has is able to come downhill and play in the backfield. 
Agreed. Um, he's a he's a fast guy and he's a he's a straight just react kind of player. So when he's able to actually make the tackle because he struggles with tackling, but when he does make the tackle, Patrick Queen can look like a really good player. So I would look for him to be a guy that is heavily involved in this pressure group because he's going to be asked to blitz quite a bit as well as these nickel corners, as well as these safeties like Kyle Hamilton. He's going to have a lot on his plate as well. So I think it's going to be a group effort when we look at this pass rushing group because the Ravens just don't have a guy right now that they can just say, go get him and he go get some. Completely agree. The one and only Cordell Woodland giving you updates from training camp, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there every single day uh you watching your your favorite players this, i'm this, in the heat for you i'm in the yeah, heat for all of y'all out there man it's, it's 100 man. degrees i'm sweating it out just just for y'all just for y'all <laughs> we appreciate you trust me. oh yeah i, I hope so <laughs> i hope so inaugural podcast it was good i think it was I, th- I thought I thought it was pretty good. Nice, nice, simple, sweet. We had some jokes. We had some informative stuff. I, I don't think you can ask for much more. I can't wait for the second one. Absolutely. So, yes, I love you for doing the hard work for going out there because I ain't going to do it every day. Sorry. Y'all. Right. I just can't do it because I almost died the last time we were out there. I don't blame um, you. Had like four Gatorade. Shout out to the Ravens. But yeah. I need us more than the blue ones okay because oh, I they got the assortment they got the reds oh, okay. they got the lemon lime it's it's a, it's a new week it's it's, okay. it's all new now we good all right Ooh, that's perfect so if you see cordell out there please say hello to him he's cool the kids love giving him high fives like <laughs> right what dude oh, called me oh. cd lamb last week one of the kids was yelling at me cd lamb like uh, <laughs> i wish Exactly. So remember, if you like what you're hearing or even love it, remember to subscribe to the Winning Drive podcast feed. Remember to share it with your friends, your family, because this is all Ravens all season long. Yes, all season long. And we'll be getting and we'll have more episodes coming once we get into the season. We'll up it and put out more content throughout the week, but we'll definitely keep you well up to date as we go through training camp and preseason all the way up to week one, September 11th in New York. So till next time. We out of here.